Hey, what's good, guys? It's your boy Eric Crocker right here from Locked On NFL Draft. I'm here to let you guys know we went a little long with the episode for the mock draft. So we split up all this good stuff into two episodes. All right, so here's episode one with myself, Ryan Tracy, and Rob Ryan. I hope you enjoy. Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome in, draft fans. Today is the day you've been waiting for. The mock, the first mock that we've done as a show to this point. We wanted to give you something for Thanksgiving. Hope that you guys are having fun. We're going to go through with Rob Ryan and his top 10. Eric Crocker and I are going to get into some battles. I'm absolutely certain of this. We're going to have a lot of fun. Hope you're ready for your holiday. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, I'm joined by my guy, Ryan Tracy. We got Rob Ring with us. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us and making this your first listen of the day fellas are you guys ready to talk about the top 10 and i know i know ryan said you know we're doing a mock but we really want to have more of a discussion about where guys are going why they should go there you know other players that should be in the mix maybe why some guys aren't going as high as people think so uh we're gonna get it going right now and i want to start with the detroit lions who are on the clock and we're using the order from the or at least i use the order of the mock draft machine from the draft network they're usually up to date so uh, if you guys are listening to this and it's like a a team offer so don't don't give us a hard time all right but the lions (laughs) they have the number one overall pick and i think ideal you look at their situation they're they're kind of a lot of changeover you got jared goff there you know obviously i mean shoot they took on jared goff just to get him off the books of the uh la rams in the trade with matthew stafford but ideally they would like to move off of him but there's not that quarterback in this class so with the Detroit Lions on the clock, what direction do you think they're going, Rob? You know, for me, I think if you're talking about the number one overall prospect in this draft, I think you have to look at the Oregon pass rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau. And, and you know, it would make some sense to Detroit. Uh, you know, of course, they they drafted one of the best players I've ever seen on the West Coast and Penny Sewell out of Oregon a year ago. Penny Sewell would be able to to make the argument for or against uh, Detroit using that, that, that early selection on Kayvon Thibodeau this year as well. I mean, that's a whole different level of insight that Sewell might be able to provide that team. But at the same time, I think that we also realize that the quarterback is the position that will actually move the meter. And, and so that's going to be an interesting conversation. I mean, I do not personally see a quarterback in this draft class who is worthy of a top 10 selection. And I'm going to say that over and over again in today's episode and in future episodes, I'm sure. But it doesn't really matter what I think. Quarterbacks are going to go. We know the way the NFL draft is. So if it was my money, then I would be selecting Kayvon Thibodeau, the pass rusher, because I see a Detroit Lions team that needs guys to, to be able to wreak some havoc on opposing quarterbacks, especially considering the quarterback talent that is currently in Green Bay that I expect to remain in Chicago and Minnesota. You have to be able to put some pressure on those quarterbacks. 
But again, this 2022 draft class could be an interesting one. And that's why I think the Detroit Lions might be one of those teams who's looking to auction off the number one overall pick, making the 2022 NFL draft one of the more fascinating ones in recent memory. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's exactly what I would tell them to do. Get out of there. Like you said, the quarterback class is generally what you're going to trade up for. So you're not going to get the return that you would in, in a quote unquote normal season, right? But you're still going to get a return. Number one is still number one. The question just comes down to, I think maybe we've seen some up and down in the trade that brought Goff up there. And clearly, I think they do need to invest in the position, but without that value, I don't know what they can get. We're going to find out as, as the fortune of the teams at the bottom weighs itself out as we get to week 17. I still think that's exactly what I'd be going to do. And I'm not sure that one pass rusher is enough. It feels like it's almost a pass rusher too late with, for the Patricia era. And now they have to turn their, their tails towards if you can't get a quarterback, you have to support them. And I, I wonder if that changes the whole evaluation process for that particular organization, Eric. Which way would you go? Well, I mean, I would go in this situation with Thibodeau as well. And, you know, we just recently talked about him on the latest episode, you know, some of his strengths, his weaknesses. I think just his ability as a pure pass rusher, you know, and there are some things that are popping up on film with his inability to be consistent against the run. But again, when you just see the talent and his ability to come off of the edge and and how he can wreck a game from that standpoint, and teams are really needing that. And I, I talk about that, you know, while covering the 49ers, you know, it really doesn't matter what your, your back end does. You can have shut down corners or whatever, but if you don't have guys that are able to get to the quarterback and wreak havoc before you know teams are able to unload in these wide open offenses, you're going to be in trouble. So when I do look at Thibodeau, well, I don't know if he'd be a first overall pick in every draft class. I do think he is probably the best player in this class and somebody that if I'm the Lions, I probably would take him and really start to kind of building the trenches because I think more than any other time, that's where the games are won right now. Well, it certainly is. And that's to me, is one of the interesting conversations because, you know, Jared Goff is due so much money. And as you mentioned, Eric, I mean, the, the you know, the Detroit Lions made this selection or, or made that trade, uh, you know, unloading Matthew Stafford and getting Jared Goff and knowing that they had to pay an awful lot of money. To me, it's going to be fascinating because you have two, former first-round picks, Penny Sewell, as well as Taylor Decker at the offensive tackle positions. And so, in my opinion, an, another player who is worthy of top five consideration is the Alabama offensive tackle, Evan Neal. And I think that you have to basically eliminate him from the conversation for the Detroit Lions because, again, uh, you know they, they have already invested early selections in that position. They, they've already uh, used early selections at, at cornerback. Um, you know, and so to me, it, it, this comes down to the, the fact that they either are going to take the pass rusher, probably the most impactful position other than quarterback in the NFL, or you're going to try and trade out. And I do think that there's going to be a lot of movement this year as far as veteran quarterbacks. I would not be surprised at all if Aaron Rodgers, if Deshaun Watson, perhaps Russell Wilson. I mean, you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks who might be moving around in the NFL this year. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. So I think it goes without saying the Detroit Lions have to either feel much, much, much more comfortable that Jared Goff is going to be able to take them to a level than they currently are right now, having not won a single game so far, or they're going to make a move. Um, but I just don't know that's going to be a rookie quarterback. I like Thanksgiving. 
And we all do, and we all know what that means, man. Football, and nothing is better with football than turkey and betting. And right now, Bet Online has you covered for the holiday season. There's more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your sports action this Thanksgiving. So head over right now to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on to receive that bonus. All right. And it's not just football, guys. I mean, it's it's pro basketball, college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino game. So to take advantage of this, man, don't wait. And you'll have this opportunity throughout the 2021 season for all sports. That's Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the games begin. To me, that, that makes the, the, the transition here pretty easy to the New York Jets, who currently have the number two overall selection based on their own merits, quote unquote. Um, you know, they have a, they're going to another, have another top 10 selection because of the fact that they made a, a trade with the Seattle Seahawks for Jamal Adams, likely to be another top 10 selection. But the New York Jets have struggled as well. They also have the quarterback, Zach Wilson. I, I've seen an awful lot of mock drafts, guys, who are saying that the Jets are going to use that pick on the aforementioned Evan Neal. But considering they have a stud tackle when he's healthy, yeah. Mecky Becton, they, they made this selection a, a year ago in Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, who right. I think is best suited at guard. I, I think that this is in the defensive backfield. And, and so to me, um, you know, some of the guys that, that make a little bit of sense, assuming Cable Thibodeau is not available to them. I think to me, he'd be a slam dunk selection, Robert Silas defense. But if that's not the case, then I think you have to start looking at the safety. Um, you know, uh, the safety um, from Notre Dame. Kyle Hamilton uh, from Notre Kyle, Dame. Exactly. Kyle Hamilton or Derek Stingley from, from LSU. And I don't think that either one of them, frankly, is worthy of top number two or number two overall selection here, uh, you know, in most years. But this is not most years. This is 2022 draft class. And, and that's where I think that the New York Jets might be looking at this point. I so, can't argue with you at I, all. Yeah, and I want to know what you guys think of this, right? Because I, I just think that's just a little too high for both of those guys, and I want to go with a position that is just a little bit more impactful than a secondary member. Because, again, I'm really hard on the secondary, and people are like, hard on the secondary, Croc, you play defensive back. But I just know how wide open the game is right now. They're dinging guys left and right for pass interference and defense all, and all, all type of other stuff. But in an area where you still can get some impact, I think that, you know, I want to return back to the defensive line. And I don't know if Aiden Hutchinson is going to go this high, but maybe if he does do some things to, you know, really, you know, impress at the combine, things like that. Every time he steps on the field, everybody's raving about the impact that he's having on games. I think with the Jets who have two first, two top 10 picks, I think with the first one, if they stay packed at number two, Aiden Hutchinson might be somebody that is in play. What are kind of your thoughts on that, Ryan? You know, I, I, I like his game. I like the amount of pressure that he gets per snap. You know, he's slightly ahead of Thibodeau at this point uh, for his senior season. We'll look at his career when the whole thing's said and done. The versatility becomes something that I think, like you were mentioning before, the, the question of being a, a three-down end, being able to stop the run, set the edge there, you might get a little bit more out of Hutchinson, whereas you get a little bit more out of Thibodeau in just the pass rush aspect. So I can understand that at this point, if you need to support a rookie quarterback going into his second year, if you need to support a left tackle that hopefully can stay healthy and you have two pillars over there, you have to go at either the corner position or the pass rush position. That's the only options in my mind. 
Nothing against Kyle Hamilton. I think he's the better prospect of he and Stingley, to tell you the truth. But I think the safety position just doesn't garner enough clout right now. You got to take one of the four pillars in Hutchinson. I think it's a little rich for him, too, to be honest. But of the options, as we've said, it's all kind of up in the air. I, I wouldn't bark at it. Yeah, and that, that would be my opinion as well. And I love that you mentioned him, Croc, as far as a guy number two overall, because there's going to be plenty of people who will bark at it to, to take Ryan's line there. But at the same time, I think that he's safe. And, and I think that Robert Sala is going to be looking for safe. I mean, I, I see Aiden Hutchinson, and, and I think that you could make an argument that this might be Justin Smith all over again. You know, and he was a, a top five selection. And I see a guy who is physical, who is reliable, who is consistent in a draft class that is lacking all of those things. So, yeah, I, I think that we're going to get plenty of argument here in November. I think we're going to get plenty of agreement in March and April. Well, I think we might agree on this at number three, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them taking Evan Neal, you know, the off the tackle out of Alabama. And you watching, I just watched. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you have this prized possession at quarterback and you want to protect him. You want to give him time. And I feel like I just watched him against the 49ers, but it feels like every time I watch him, I mean, he's running for his life most of the time. And you can, that's a direct correlation of the offensive line and their inability to consistently protect a guy that is supposed to be the generational talent. And we haven't even been able to see any of that because of the lack of protection. So I think this is a guy, and I know Rob, you talked about him potentially being, you know, a top five pick, do you like to fit with Neil over there with the Jacksonville Jaguars? I, I do. Um, I, I think that the, the Jaguars have a pretty solid left tackle in Cam Robinson, another former Alabama left tackle. And, and I think that you bring in Evan Neal. I think that the, to me, that's one of the things I kind of love about this whole process is I like pairing guys that are either played at the same college or played against rivals because they're going to push each other. And I think that the, the combination of Cam Robinson and Evan Neal could push each other to perhaps be one of the two top or one of the top bookend tackles in all of the NFL. And I think that's what something that, that Trevor Lawrence experienced at Clemson. He had such great protection there. It allowed him to be able to kind of perm the hair and do what he had to do to be able to be as, as successful as he was. And I think he can do that with the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. I, I think the Jaguars are a team that are ready to pop. I know there's been a lot of people who have said that for so long. There is a lot of talent on this team, but they, they lack tough guys, in my opinion. Evan Neal is a dynamic athlete and a tough guy. I think that he'd make a lot of select, a lot of, uh, a lot of sense for that team, especially at that spot. I, I have to agree with you because I, I think it's imperative for them to follow up with what they did in bringing in Trevor Lawrence because there are so many teams that try to build that foundation first, get your line in place, get you a couple of weapons there, and then add the quarterback on top and let him run, right? Right now, he doesn't have the support. So I think you have to go away from the defense as much as we don't know who's going to really steer the decision-making, at least in my mind, I don't know who's going to steer that. You have to buckle down and do everything you can to support that kid in his second season because you're just ticking away years on a rookie contract on a quarterback in this league. you got to get that short up right now. I think there's absolutely no way they don't go on the offensive side of the ball. All right, and if you haven't tried a Bill Bar right now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it tastes much better than that. All right, and if you haven't had one, I'm telling you guys, it is amazing. And you have to try it to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to eat. But a built Bar, soft, covered with 100% 
real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you are eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll really enjoy. And in fact, you'll swear you're eating a candy bar. Our built bars are low in carb, low in calorie, low in fat, and low in sugar, but high in the best thing here, and it is protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being very good and tasty. Another great thing about a built bar, there's so many mouth-watering flavors from coconut raspberry to mint brownie, coconut almond, my wife, and my favorite, salted caramel, and they have double chocolate, cherry barcia, all kinds of good flavors. And for this month, I mean, they've been coming out with new flavors every three to four days. So check back to their website early and often. You don't want to miss out on this. And where can you find it? Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off built.com. And we're going to begin or continue with the mock draft. All right. We have uh, the number four team right now, the Houston Texans. I have them selecting. Does anybody want to take a guess what position I'm going with on this one? Maybe your favorite. That's right. Derek Stingley Jr. All right. Now, we waited long enough. We waited long enough to get Derek Stingley out of there. It, it was a little rich for me, it, you know, with the New York Jets at pick two especially when you have an edge rusher there and they'll have another opportunity to take the corner here shortly. But when you look at the, the Houston Texans, I mean, Desmond King, Terrence Mitchell, like those, Tremont Smith, like Tavarius Thomas, like those are their corners, right? They desperately need to update, uh, upgrade at that position. And I think Derek Stingley, he's the perfect guy to come in with his tech, technically sound uh, uh, technique and how he plays the position coming from LSU. I've liked a lot of the corners in recent years coming out of LSU and their transition to the NFL. I think he'll transition just fine. He's one of my favorites out of LSU in recent years. So Derek Stingley, I have them, uh, the Houston Texans taking him at pick four. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, just for the reasons that you just articulated, Eric, I mean, cornerback is a, is a huge area of concern for the Houston Texans. I think that the, the team is either going to figure it out with Deshaun Watson or they are going to make a move and, and so therefore have plenty of, of draft ammunition um, or other veteran players to be able to restock this roster. But at the same time, I strongly doubt that any of them are going to have the straight line speed the, the ball skills, the quick twitch that, that a, a, a true cover corner like Stanley provides. And, and that he has been a lockdown corner in the SEC since he was an 18-year-old freshman. You know, and so that to me is one of the reasons why that he makes a lot of sense for this team. There's no question about it that he would be a roll of the dice considering the fact that he is coming off of an injury and he has not been quite as productive over the last year and a half as he was as a freshman. But at the same time, when you have guys that have that type of talent coming from an LSU program that is basically DBU for a lot of people out there, um, myself included, frankly, I think that it makes sense because, again, you go back to the different teams that the Houston Texans are going to be going up against in the AFC South, and there is a lot of good young quarterback and receiver talent out there. You have to be able to lock down one side of the field. Stingley has proven that he can do that. It makes a ton of sense, just like you said, Eric. Um, so I'm going to provide the counterpoint. The front office regime in place there has a dilemma with their quarterback, the most important position on this roster. And if they do get to the point where they have to move off of that, 
Is it, is it a possibility they get a higher pick than what we're talking about right here at Ford? No, I don't think so. Uh, not with those teams that we're talking about ahead of them. But if they get to that point where they have to replace a Deshaun Watson, I, I think clearly this season is showing them that going with the backup is not the answer. I think this might be a front office that feels the pressure to try and stretch. This is one of the teams that I'm going to be watching to see if they go ahead and press up for a quarterback because it's a high pick and they might not get another opportunity in another year. And I think it'll be a mistake in this class as we all feel the same way about the quarterback class here. But this is one of my like, uh, you know, little flames next to the selection on the list because who knows what's going to happen with this one. Right. And who knows what's going to happen at the next pick. And we talked about the New York Jets having two picks right now, two picks in the top five, which is like you would think that's a really good thing. But I guess if you're you know, a bad team all the time, you're picking really high. But you got the Jets picking at five. And now I have them taking a cornerback, uh, Kyam Elam out of Florida. And, 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 uh, and when you look at the Jets, they have draft, drafted a couple corners in a recent draft. They have Isaiah, Isaiah Dunn and Javelin uh, Goodry, those guys, I mean, uh, and Pinnock, those are guys who are rookies. But, I mean, Bryce Hall, he's fine. Javelin Gidry, I mean, it's just not guys that really move the needle for me. And it's tough because they do have all these young defensive backs, all these young corners during their first or second years. And I think even then, Elam is a guy out of Florida with his size, his ability, his speed, and really sound technique that I've seen from him so far. He's a guy I feel like is plug and play. And for the Jets, they're going to have to figure it out because their defense has been so bad under Robert Sala. And I think bringing the cornerback in here would help. Now, I almost went with Kyle Hamilton, but I didn't quite do it. But I went with uh, Elam, who I think definitely will make a big difference for them. Yeah, and for me, I, I would go towards towards Hamilton. And, and that is, is risky because, uh, you know, the, the number of safeties that have gone in, in the top five, top six selections is, is a pretty slim one in, in the NFL. You know, of course, you, you go back years and years ago, 1991, I believe it was, the Cleveland Browns made Eric Turner at UCLA the earliest selection that a safety has gone, uh, you know, in, in the last 30 years. That was number two overall. The, the Jets know all too well with the selection of Jamal Adams years ago. Um, I think it was number six overall, maybe it was five, yeah. but that, uh, you know, that, that, that does not necessarily translate into victories. Um, and, and the Jets have one of the better young safeties in the league, in my opinion, Marcus May, but, but he yeah. is also a player that is on a one-year deal at this point, And I'm not so sure that he is going to come back. And, and so I think the Kyle Hamilton makes a lot of sense there, but at the same time, I, I'm not going to argue with Elam. I, mean, I think that, that Elam is a top 10, top 12 player in this draft class. I think that there is a lot of guys in this year's class, uh, to kind of go to back to your point, that are, are just kind of pick your poison. Which one fits your particular team? I don't know that there's a lot of blue chip players in this draft class. We've talked about that before. And so pick the guys that kind of fit in with your mentality. And, and that's what I thought that the Jets did a pretty nice job of a year ago. I mean, they, they took Zach Wilson. They took Elijah Vera Tucker. They took Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, guys that kind of fit in with what they believed in. And, and so to me, if it's Kyir Elam, if it's a guy like Kyle Hamilton, um, I think that the secondary has to be something that the Jets show up. And I think that both of those two players make an awful lot of sense at this point. I can't argue the pick. I always like to see defense go first, but I have to say I'm going to double back on what we said earlier about supporting the young quarterback. We talked about possible tackles there with their first pick, right? 
477. That's Corey Davis's yardage to this point this season. Elijah Moore, great prospect, 415 yards. Doesn't have a thousand a thousand yard wide receiver combined. So I think this is the sweet point for me that if you're looking to maximize what you can do to support Wilson, you got to take a look at your top wide receiver prospects. See if you think that that's the value. I'm not saying it'll work out that way, but I personally would have to take a long, hard look at Garrett Wilson and see if he can fit into our offense, get into that 11 personnel and help that quarterback out. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On NFL Draft. We hope you enjoyed the first half of the mock draft. All right, from Ryan Tracy, from Rob Rang, and Eric Crocker, we'll be back tomorrow with the rest of this episode. Keep it locked right here. Locked On NFL Draft. Peace.